What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to a bonus episode of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Shouts to body armor as usual, Combo Nation. We are out here. Today's show, Kodiak Simpson joins in to talk about his first dunk that went viral. We talk about bullying, the link between social media and depression, and a lot of college basketball talk, man. We talk about John Morant, Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett, even some local New York talents like Ty Jerome and Shamari Pons, plus so much more, man. You know you can follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. You can follow Kodiak Simpson at K-O-D-I-A-K-S-I-M-P-S-O-N. It would mean the world to me if you left a five-star rating and a friendly comment right on your Apple Podcast app. We would love to hear from you. Shouts to the Spotify community. Let's get into it. Luca on the track. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I am doing well. Let's start out with this, man. How'd you start playing ball? And uh, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Maine. And I started playing ball. My dad was actually a former professional basketball player overseas for 10 years. And what, con- what countries? England, Spain, and Italy. Wow, okay. Yeah. And so from a young age, he put a ball in my hands, mine and my sister's. Uh, I'm left-handed. I'm actually naturally right-handed. And my dad always was under the belief that left-handed basketball players have an advantage when they step on the court because whenever you're growing up, the coach's son is usually right-handed. And every drill you do is towards making your right hand stronger. So if you really push when they're young to make it left-handed, to make the kids left-handed, you actually are at a huge advantage playing basketball. So that's actually a funny story about that. 100%. 100%. You have so many more options. Definitely. And in today's day and age, it's, it's either foot as well, you know? Yeah, no no doubt. Which is great. So I wanted you to uh, tell me about that first dunk that went viral, man. And did you did you feel it would have the reaction it would have when you posted that? So um, the story is, is I used to be a manager at St. John's for the basketball team. Okay. And I got fired because um, basically I – was supposed to have a meeting with the coach and I didn't know it was a job interview. And I showed up in my sweatsuit and not like a suit and tie. And so they were, they fired all the managers pretty much. And I got, I got laid off my job. So like my love for basketball, like all I ever wanted to do is be involved. When I was in high school, I I realized that because of injury problems that I wasn't going to be able to play basketball in college and beyond. And I just wanted to be involved. So I went to St. John's to try to be a manager or um, do video so I could try to be a coach one day. Well, I get laid off my job and, I don't really have anything going forward um, as far as basketball is concerned. I kind of just just because you wore a sweatsuit. Yeah, I swear to God, man, it like crazy. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I remember I told my friends, my college roommates, I was like, "Yeah, I'll jump off our building if I don't get this job." I mean, the year before, I won manager of the year and all kinds of stuff. Was that was that the straw that broke the camel's back? Did you do something Uh, before that? No, nothing. I I have no idea. That's crazy. 
but so the story goes like I was getting depressed and I know that's a big thing like going on in sports these days is talking about depression athletes having to go through that and so I, I kind of had the game taken from me so um, I started going to do finance classes and I had this friend in one of my classes Imran and he's good friends with Chris Brickley and so I got into the gym at Sky to go play and I could always dunk. And it was kind of one of those things that I did. I'd bet people at the gym. I'd be like, yeah, if I dunk that, you don't think I can dunk and all this stuff. Right. And so I was just down at the other end. And I, I shot the sh- a shot. I missed it. And Cole Anthony was at the other end with working out with Chris and Tim Hardaway Jr. and different people. And the ball bounces off the rim. And I go up and dunk it. And Cole's like, Cole just happened to be taking a break. He turns and looks at the other end and he sees that happen. He's like, no way you can't do that again. And so <laughs> he goes on his Instagram, puts it on his story. Next thing I know, overtime posts it. And they're like the first page that posts it. And then it just starts going crazy viral overnight. That specific video it was such a cool night for that to happen. And, you know, it completely reinvigorated my love for basketball in, in like literally 10 seconds. That is dope, man. That is dope. Uh, you spoke about depression and and yeah. we even talk about bullying, man. What happened with Chris Carter, NFL Hall of Famer? That was kind of an interesting case. So it was actually a funny story how I found that. Some kid that I that I knew um, growing up that I wouldn't call us like real great friends. He was traveling to go to back to college in the fall, and he was like he was driving to Virginia or something, and he listens to their show on a podcast. And of course, he follows me on Instagram, so he saw my oh, that video. And all of a sudden, he hears my voice on the podcast, and he's like, "Here's what's happening." So what he does, he goes on their website and he pays for like a subscription to their website, so he can record, screen record the video of them saying that, and then he sends it to me. Wow! So that's how that happened. So, so, so for everybody that doesn't know, what did Chris Carter exactly say? Yeah, he called me three months pregnant, oh and like told me to put a shirt on. It's it's kind of funny, but you know what? Like the outrage culture these days, like people are going crazy about it. And I, I leaned into that. Honestly, though, it was the best thing he could have said. Because if he just said, you know, oh, wow, it's so impressive that this fat guy can dunk, then you know what? Like it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. It would have been just what I hear all the time from people. Him saying that on national TV, like you could get people behind you from that. Like that's, I got like more followers off of that, like coming at, out after that saying like he body shamed me and stuff than right. I would have if anything else happened. You know what I mean? Right. And I think you could jump higher than him at this point, right? Yeah. Well, actually, so another funny thing is if you Google him, like if you're like my friend sent me this, too. It's like if you Google him, there's actually a picture of him walking on the beach with his shirt off and he, he could be a part of Belly Fam, too. So speaking, <laughs> speaking of Belly Fam, we obviously heard of Jelly Fam. What is Belly Fam, man? Yeah. So um, these two guys from Queens, they um, were walking. They had their belly fam. They were playing, and it was kind of like a joke between them, but it was something that they were they were preaching, and they sent me a message one day on Instagram after um, the second video I ever did went viral, um, and they said, man, like I think that you would be a perfect person for this, and, and obviously my Instagram was popping at that point. And so they said, this is our idea. It's, it would make a fun of jelly fan, like, and, but it's, it's, it's the belly fan. And I was like, man, that is an amazing idea. And like all the credit in the world to these guys for coming up with that idea, you know? And so 
I, I ran with it and the first couple of days, like we were trying to figure out like what the goal was and we were posting like small videos, but I knew that like I needed to come up with something that no one had seen before and I needed to have like, and so I was like, you know what, like my whole life, all people have ever done about me is talk about me being fat. Like when I was in high school, like my coach would come up to me after the game and say, we really could have used you out there today, but you know, you're like, but for some reason we, we couldn't like you wouldn't, you're not in good enough shape for that or something like that. And like, I, I just felt like there are kids all the time that just don't get a chance that sometimes deserve it, whether it be for attitude reasons or other things. And, you know, I felt like, I felt like I worked really hard at it and I just felt like I never got that opportunity. Right. Yeah. And, and so what I did is I just went into the gym and I said, you know what, like I am who I am. I'm proud of who I am. And I want to have, I want to be positive about my body type. And so I took my shirt off and I said, you know, for all these times in my life that people have doubted me, counted me out, like this one's for them. And so I went up and I dunked it and I sent the video over to overtime and they posted it. Then all of a sudden it's gone TV. It's on all kinds of places. And that ended up being like, that ended up at that point was probably the biggest video that I ever did. Right. And, and it opened it up for so many people because that, that caused the belly fan page to grow to like 15,000 followers that day, because you know what, like there's a lot of people out here, like kids that struggle with weight and and feel like they, they want to get better and they want to lose weight and, and be able to play and, and people often overlook them. And one of the things that was huge for me, about this Instagram success was that, you know, every day people were sending me messages like how awesome it was what I was doing and how, how cool it was that someone like me could do it because I have all the things that when you look at me that says, I'm not a good athlete. I'm overweight. I have glasses. I'm prematurely bald at 23 that people think I'm 40. Yo, Cody, you're 23, man. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that. Yeah. Wow. And, and everyone well that's why that's why you're still jumping like that you're a young man (laughs) yeah no everyone everyone thinks it's so impressive because they think i'm so old but i'm not really that old no man but don't you you know i feel like it's a stigma just because you're a little overweight it means that you're unhealthy which absolutely isn't true just everybody's body type is a little different you know yeah man like so i mean obviously i could i i need to eat better like that's my biggest thing i work out all the time right but it's the eating but With that being said, like the biggest thing about Instagram for me was like people were coming to me and telling me how awesome it was, what I was doing, and to continue to work really hard. And in like the three months that that happened, I was like every day telling myself like these people are watching me. All these people are watching me do this. And I need to continue to work as hard as I can because I'm going to let people down if I don't. And I lost 50 pounds in like three months from eating right and going to the gym every day just because I was being driven by people sending me positive messages of encouragement. And so that's what we wanted to do with the Belly Fam was that if we could get a platform for kids to send us their highlights, like obviously we're not going to post everything. We need – it's quality. You need quality and quantity. Right. And, and But not so, everybody could dunk like you, Kodiak. No, I know that. But <laughs> So what do they have like, to do? Just send the, send the video to us about like you working out or about your struggle or about whatever it is that you have that you're insecure about and just lean into it and, and like say, this is me, this is who I am, and I'm going to work as hard as I can to change this about myself. Yeah, you, you know, know? It, that's really dope. And it's great to see such positivity on social media. Um, 
mm-hmm. the other hand of that, though, Adam Silver just had a, um, he did a podcast or a conference with Bill Simmons, and he kind of seemed to think that a lot of young people's unhappiness is caused by social media, the comparing, just constantly being active on social media. Do you feel that to be true, that social media could cause depression? Absolutely. I think that if you don't handle it the right way and, and you don't have the right mindset going into it, that it definitely can cause depression. Like one of the things that I I look at was like for so long before my videos went viral, I was I was making these like v- elaborate videos of people and like and I one of the things that I used to do is make highlight videos like here are my semester of college. Here's what I did. Right. And all this stuff. And I'd work so hard on it and it'd get like 300 views and it'd be like it kind of like feel like wow i don't really have that many friends you know what i mean but i i knew that if i just stuck with it and kept doing the same thing that eventually something would take off but i absolutely see what what could do that you see different things on social media different lives that people are living and you try to compare yourself to them and you think well they're really hitting they're doing really well for themselves and i'm better than this person and and you just kind of start to get down on yourself you know yeah yeah for certain like i see it every day like people come in and they feel like they want to bring me down and they want to send me a send me something or comment like this guy's not even that good this guy sucks like whatever it is i get them all the time yeah that's not even i mean that's not even the point of what you're doing you know no it's not even like to be honest with you even kids that i knew growing up like it's like when you get to the point where you're like experiencing some sort of success like there are different reactions of people that you know like there's either like they're either going to be jealous of you they're going to be happy for you or they're going to want something from you that's really and, that's really sad that people are yeah, jealous yeah yeah and so that's kind of been the different stuff that i've had to deal with and, and i'm not gonna lie like I think that the whole Instagram thing pop going like popping off for me has really helped me become a happier person in life because it's helped me see like all these people for who they really are and like see that, you know what, like I don't care what other people say, what other people think about myself, about me. I need to love myself and care about myself, you know, definitely. And to your point, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. I, I was listening to a podcast with Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. And Elon Musk was just talking about how everybody puts the best parts of their day and the and the and the greatest things that are happening to them on Instagram, and then everybody is comparing themselves to what people are in the at their best moments, you know. And yeah. I think I think it's important when you're using social media is kind of to focus on putting out what you want to put out and not just be on there all day and looking at everybody else all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, LeBron James, man. Let's talk about some NBA. You know, people Absolutely. are start people are starting to even say that that the Lakers should trade LeBron, which nobody would have thought of uh, at this point. If if when we started the season, do you feel like it's beneficial for the Lakers to actually trade LeBron James? I think that when you have one of the two best basketball players to ever live, you can kind of just build around him. I think that the talent that they assembled this year wasn't a perfect fit. Like when we've seen. LeBron really, really excel is shooters. when they have right. shooters, yeah. but not just shooters, someone other than him that really, really can create. That's an elite creator. Kyrie Irving, uh, Dwayne Wade. Those are when he really excels as a basketball player because at those points he can take possessions off. And I think at this point in his career, he needs that more than he's ever needed it before because as as you've seen, like 
he's starting to find ways to rest during games. Uh, like this year specifically, his um, when his team's on a fast break because the Lakers are young and like to run, he kind of just stays behind. He doesn't run with them. And then last few years, he's been resting more on defense, not guarding the other team's best players and trying to like stay like kind of in the back on the back end of things as far as defense is concerned. And so at this point in his career, he definitely needs someone else that can create. And I just think that the Lakers right now, the roster that they have assembled around him isn't the optimum fit for him because Lonzo can't create for himself. He can incredible creator for other people. Brandon Ingram's a little young and Kuzma's a little young and, and who really knows what their ceiling's going to be. Ingram, I, think if, I think Ingram has go-to type potential. He definitely has go-to potential. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't teach the length and the size that he has, especially for he. I mean, he basically plays the two guard position. There's never been someone that's six foot ten that can play the two guard, except but, KD probably. But yeah, 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 KD, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Obviously, Zion is most likely going to be the number one pick. But I wanted to ask you about you, these three guys and who you feel would be the best NBA player between John Morant, Cam Reddish, and RJ Barrett. Who do you feel like will have the best NBA career out of those three? So. John Morant right now is just – he's a freak of nature. Like, those kinds of players, like, they're one in, one in a million. Like, you right. got – like, the people that immediately come to mind are Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose when he was in his prime because he is so athletic. Like, you yeah. watch those games, he is so athletic. And his knowledge for the passing the basketball, like, it doesn't happen that people average double-doubles on assists in college. That is so rare. Right. And for him – for him to be able to do that's crazy. And so I think that his game, the way the NBA is so point guard dominated right now, if he could develop like even any sort of like trustable jump shot, I think he's an elite point guard in the NBA. But with that being said, it takes a little bit longer to develop. I think right away, RJ Barrett is going to be a force. I think offensively in isolation, especially surrounded by NBA caliber shooters at the level, I mean, one of the things that you look at when you watch Duke is that there's never been a team that's been, won the NCAA tournament or even been to the Final Four that was a sub-30% three-point shooting team, and that's what Duke is right now. So you you surround R.J. Barrett with like legit NBA shooters, and you use that body type that he has and the strength and the ability to get to the rim at will, and you put that in an NBA offense with NBA spacing where people can't crowd the lane, pack the lane like Syracuse in a 2-3 zone. Like, I think that's going to open up a world of possibilities for him. I think he's going to be elite. To your point, man, there's so many players that would average more in the NBA than in college. You know, there's the spacing is so much better. And in the open court, you know, RJ plays with a motor and a, and a ferocity and transition that could really – will really just open up in the NBA, I think, as well. I agree with you Absolutely. 100%. And Zion as well, man. They just mm-hmm. – both of them just have guys hanging on them at the college level. You know, the game is so choppy. Yeah. About Reddish, like – the thing about Cam Reddish is that he just disappears. Motor-wise, yeah. Yeah, and, and there, there are tons of people like that in the NBA. Like, And I think if he can get that under control, he could be incredible. Like, he has – it's shades of, like, Paul George as far as shooting the basketball and how how tall he is and lanky and athletic. Definitely. And uh, I feel that a little bit about Bol Bol as well. Like, he has all the tools to be a great – uh, NBA player defensively, he might have some issues. Um, he seems to be an okay drop defender, but it'll be tough for him to switch on pick and rolls. I see some yeah. issues with his motor as well. Do you feel? How do you feel his game will translate at the NBA level? 
I'm always wary about guys that are that big and that skinny. Right. It doesn't work out very often. Injury problems are are a huge concern. And I feel like talent wise, I think like you, you cannot teach seven foot three with the ability to shoot the ball and how smooth and athletic he is. And I just think that I think he's, Certainly an NBA caliber talent, but it's the injury stuff that really concerns me about him. Yeah, I think I'll have to focus more on body work than than skill development at this point, just making sure he stays healthy. I think I agree with you 100%. Yeah, no doubt, because that's one of the things like you don't it's you sometimes see it with NBA players that they can develop a jump shot. It's not it's not too often that guys come in with that problem and are really able to change their bodies. Like, who are the few examples? Like, Giannis is yeah, an example. Exactly. K- KD, I guess, I, I guess would be kind of an example, even though he still has that slender frame. But, like, when he came into the combine, he couldn't bench 185, and now he's putting up, like, I've seen videos of him putting up over 300. Like, being able to change your body type is all about, like, all about dedication and being there every day and working as hard as you possibly can to do it. And so, as far as... Uh, uh, bull bull goes like it's it's his motor and it's the dedication that he puts into it that's going to be huge for him and when you watch him play it's it doesn't seem like it's always there and so I, I that makes me a little wary of him this is a super random question but uh it, it, not so random because you worked at st john's oh um, yeah. have you seen have you seen shamari Pons play multiple times have you seen ty jerome play I have multiple times. Okay, so Ty Jerome's a New York City kid. Shamari Pons. Yeah. Is, this is really random, but who do you feel will be the better NBA player? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say something here that you might think is a little outlandish. I think Shamari Pons is the most unguardable player in college basketball when he starts playing downhill and starts playing Brooklyn street ball. And he does it. <laughs> he does it every so often. It's not something that you see all the time because he takes days off and. And his biggest problem last year when it came into the NBA was that his shooting percentage wasn't very good. But he has games where he starts getting that swagger and he starts getting that, like, the dance steps and, like, starts, like, crossing people up, hitting step-back jumpers, getting to the rim and finishing. And when he does that, he is unstoppable. There's I, no one in the country that can guard him. I agree with you. And I've I seen him beat zones with his jump shot as well. I mean, he could really yeah. shoot it as well. It, for him, it, it, it again, it's the motor thing. It's like, is he going to be there every day to do the same thing and work hard and, and like, have that attack mentality that Ja Morant has? Yeah. Like, you, know, he, you know what's funny? Like, him and Cam are – I think sometimes it, it's almost a disadvantage. I wouldn't say a disadvantage, but when you're so talented, things come so easy, easy to you. And yeah. then you, as you get to higher levels, you can't take plays off like you could at lower levels, you know? Mm-hmm. And I no think, doubt. and I think that's kind of similar between him and um, and uh, Cam. But how do you feel Ty Jerome's game will, will translate? And who do you feel like will be the better NBA player out of those two? Um, so I think Ty Jerome. Like I think Virginia's tough, man. Like that's yeah. tough to uh, predict that going into the NBA. Their style of play of playing the pack line defense, like stuff in the middle of the paint and just playing super hard defensively. I think. Ty Jerome's a great shooter. He's a great, smart, heady ball player. I think, like, the peak of his game is, like, a backup point guard in the NBA. Right. You know you know what I mean? He like, would have to focus on defense as well. He really, yeah, yeah. He, he'd be, like, a defensive backcourt point guard in the NBA, like, kind of like Steve Blake, like, would be yeah, I what I would that. think for him. I could like, see a that. better shooting Steve Blake. 
Yeah. Whereas I think Shimori, if he really got it down, like to the point where he knew it, like the thing that stands out to me about Shimori that most people don't know is going to St. John's and you see him play every day. Like you see him play. In the where games. is he? Where is he from, by the way? He's from Brooklyn. Oh, is he? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thomas Jefferson High School. Okay. And so, like, when you see him play in these games, um, the thing that, that that doesn't come forward when you see it in the game is like in warmups he's throwing down East Bay dunks like lobbing it to himself, throwing down East Bay, doing windmill stuff like that. I think his game translates to the NBA because, like I said before, St. John's doesn't have any big men at all. Their tallest player is Marvin Clark. He's six foot eight. He's a pick and pop, pick and pop forward, but he's basically a three in any other in any other situation. Right. They don't. They don't have anyone that can play down low. They don't have anyone that can be legitimate a, a, a threat to go set a ball screen and roll to the rim and a lob threat. And then, with that being said, they also don't really have many shooters on their like in their exactly. immediate rotation. I, exactly. So I think Shamori Pons has like Lou Williams type potential. I think that he has that potential because, like, the isolation scoring ability, he could be that off the bench heat check go to guy, no doubt. I, I can see that. I can see that. Mac McClung, man, crazy athlete. Uh, and I watched him play for St. John's versus actually mm-hmm. Shamari. Uh, could shoot the basketball. How do you feel he'll be in the at the next level? I have no idea. So I have, I'm really interested. You know what? You know what's interesting about him? He while he could jump hot, like while he obviously has elite jumping ability, it takes him a while to load. Which, yeah. you know what I mean on his jump, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a good shooter. I think his problem is like the size, man. Like he's not big. He's like six foot one, and it's not like. But Shamari six one. Okay, you were about to speak on that. It's Go not ahead. like it's not like Shamari. I, I feel like Shamari's game is a lot on handle and being able to like play up and down and get to the rim. And Max game right now isn't really get to the rim. It's more shoot threes and get on fast breaks and dunk it. And Shamari, even though it might seem that Mac is a way better athlete, Shamari might be a more fluid athlete, which could definitely yeah, help you no, at the next level. Yeah, no doubt. He's he's much – in my analysis from watching them is that he's much quicker to make decisions than Mac is. Right. So so we're talking about leaping ability a little bit. Let's let's give some value to our listeners, man. How, how does one jump higher, man? We see you dunking. How, how, does, okay. one, how does one get their vertical up? All right, so if you follow me on Instagram, you might actually already know this. Um, my cousin Kate is actually the the U.S. champion in the long jump. Wow. Like, she's a professional athlete. She's currently looking for a shoe deal, so if anyone's listening that has any connections with that, she she won the U.S. championship in the long jump. She's a two-time NCAA champion at University of Georgia. We got to get her some combo socks, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, she's she's – a world-class athlete. Absolutely unbelievable. She holds the high school uh, world record in the long jump for the longest jump. Like, she absolutely gets off. She is an incredible athlete, man. It's, like, it's breathtaking. But then, like I said before, my dad played professional basketball, and people always tell me about how he could jump. I didn't really come into it until until I was in college, to be honest with you. Like, I could dunk when I was in high school, but it wasn't anything, like, crazy. Like, but, but when I was in college, like, it kind of came to me a little bit more, and I was able to do more stuff with it. Um, injury, obviously, like, my knees are kind of messed up. You're not supposed to be able to do what I do when I was 330 pounds still dunking in basketball. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm only six foot three. Six foot three, 330 pounds. A lot of people, when they see me, they're like, wow, I would have thought you would have been way taller. 
Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So so how do we jump higher, Kodiak? What do we have to do, man? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. The thing about jumping higher, like my my thing is weight loss. Like, right. That, That's huge. That, yeah, that was the thing for me. Like it's genetics, a lot of it. But for me, it's weight loss. Like I, when I lost weight, I, you, I could see a difference that I didn't see before. Like I was good for like four or five jumps, maybe. Like I play up and down, then I do four or five. I dunk it four or five times. I save myself for the game or whatever in case I got on a fast break or something. <laughs> but then, like my knees would hurt to the point where I couldn't do anything. The weight loss made it so I could do it like every single time and do it a bunch of times in a row. Right. Which which changed it for me. It, it's almost like having a weight vest on and letting that weight vest go. I mean, your legs are going to be super yeah. strong after carrying all that weight around. Absolutely. But as far as like a lot of it is technique. And I've, I've, I've being around someone that's a world class jumper like that. I actually have gotten to see her train a little bit. And it's about like the quickness on the floor, like how quick you can get off the floor, like the amount of power you can generate and how quickly you can generate it. So if you work on like really, really planting your feet hard, getting power into the jump and making it quick, like that's how you jump higher. If you check out this Instagram page, it's uh, I follow it. It's Momentum Performance. It's actually her trainer. And he's had a lot of success with uh, track and field athletes in the United States, they've multiple national championships, multiple uh, NCAA championships, and he's really an up and coming trainer. And if you watch his videos, he will teach you how to jump higher. It's been proven and definitely check him out. I'll definitely check that out. Combo nation. Check that out as well. Where can we find you Kodiak at Kodiak Simpson on Instagram and Twitter? Um, my just Google my name, Kodiak Simpson for uh, my YouTube. I, I'm just going to start trying to post more on YouTube these uh, these days, more on YouTube and TikTok because TikTok is a growing platform. I've heard. Um, I've heard. Yeah. I'm going to try to, I'm trying to get more into like some comedy stuff. For me right now, the, the main thing is trying to diversify. I, I've gotten the basketball videos down, but the, those are only so sustainable and you can only do so much stuff. And I'm starting to see like a lot of people doing the same thing. And I don't, I don't want to do the same thing as other people. I want to be different. So I'm, I have some ideas coming out that I'm, I've been saving up for the dead period between the basketball season and football season when highlight pages are looking for new stuff. And so um, I'm, I'm excited, man. Only big things ahead for me. I'm excited for you, Kodiak, and I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you reaching out and then coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, man. Much- I actually, I've had, ever since you did the one with Mike. Mikey, I uh, started listening and listen every week when I'm on my drive to work. So, oh, that is dope, man. I appreciate you, man. You're always welcome back. And, uh, man, continued success to you. Thank you so much. There it is, episode 50. Shouts to Kodiak for joining in. Enjoy your weekend and be on the lookout for episode 50. Combo out.